The following podcast includes some heavy themes and language. Listener discretion is advised. If you need support right now, you can call Beyond Blue on 1300 224636, the Kids Helpline on 1800 551800, or Lifeline on 13 11 14. You're listening to Our Voices, a podcast series from the Voices for Change, Self-Advocacy Group and RMIT University's Centre for Innovative Justice. Hi, my name is Kevin Thomas Maloney. I um, suffer from schizophrenia in an ABI. Kevin is one of the members of the Voices for Change Self-Advocacy Group. Well, it started from a young age and... Um, Domestic violence at home, and I tried to escape by just going to jail. When I was younger, I had a fall through steps, and I crashed over the front of my frontal lobes. And then after drug use and assaults and all that, it just got worse. Yeah, my ABI, well, it was from the actual fall. I served nearly 20 years prison, all up, and um, it needs to change. It needs to be... um, Recognize mental health needs to be recognized more and ABIs, you know, like um, getting released from prison, going straight back into that housing situation. So, you've been off drugs in prison, hopefully, you've come out clean, and then um, they throw you back into that shared housing, and it's just um, full of drug addicts, it's just a round and round the garden. Kevin found out about his acquired brain injury about five years ago. Although he'd experienced symptoms of schizophrenia and his brain injury from a young age, it wasn't until he was a prisoner that a neuropsychological assessment was conducted and confirmed his dual disability. Dual disability refers to the coexistence of mental ill health and cognitive disability. Kevin has a diagnosis of both schizophrenia and acquired brain injury. People with dual disability often receive poor system responses. It can be difficult to obtain adequate support plans that address the needs of their brain injury and their mental health. I grew up around domestic violence. I fell sick and, um, with schizophrenia. And they'd done some tests in the hospital and um, they'd done a neuropsych test or something and they said I had 10 blockages in my brain. Yeah. I was heartbroken. So I thought it was saying I was dumb and stuff like that. Having an ABI, um, you know, tests you sometimes. You forget things. and uh, Having an ABI has impacted my life because I um, didn't learn like the rest of the other kids. I um, didn't fit in. Yeah. I didn't understand things. I struggled. Having an ABI in prison, you just got to grin and bear it. Acquired brain injury is sometimes referred to as a hidden disability. This is particularly the case in the criminal justice system, where there is a perceived risk of exposing vulnerability and a reluctance among prisoners to ask for help. Low levels of disability awareness among criminal justice system workers, such as lawyers, judicial officers, correctional and court staff, mean that opportunities to provide reasonable adjustments 
that can promote participation in programs and pathways out of cycles of offending are often missed. Kevin had served over 15 years imprisonment by the time his dual disability was recognised. As a result of this recognition, Kevin was linked in with the National Disability Insurance Scheme, or the NDIS. He now has an NDIS plan that provides 24-hour care. Since being released and having access to this support, Kevin is experiencing his longest continuous period in the community since he was a teenager. Yeah, once I was released and um, had nowhere to go, so I was straight back on the streets, straight back into drugs. Yeah, that's all I knew. Christmas was my first one out for a while, and currently with NDIS, I have a package with them. I have 24-hour care. Never had it before, obviously, but um, this has obviously helped me. It's the longest I've been out of prison. Yeah, before I had my NDIS package, I had no one. When I um, didn't have NDIS, I was out doing crime and all that to survive. They said to my mum that Kevin would um, fit into this program, this um, NDIS package. So we put the paperwork in and we waited and yeah. Kevin had his dual diagnosis confirmed while in Victoria's Ravenhall Correctional Facility. He was in the Tambo unit, which houses a multidisciplinary team of clinicians. More units like Tambo, that are designed to respond to the complexity of dual diagnosis, have access to funding for neuropsychological testing, and to multidisciplinary staff to respond to individuals is badly needed across the prison system. The overcrowding of our prisons, particularly as a result of changes to bail legislation, which has led to an increase in the number of unsentenced remand prisoners in Victoria, can undermine the effectiveness and safety of these units. Units like Tambo also come at the end of the criminal justice system process when a person has already been sentenced to a term of imprisonment. More early intervention pathways to recognise and respond to disability are needed before a person finds themselves in a custodial environment. I arrived at Ravenhall and I went to a psychiatric unit and then from there I graduated to another psychiatric unit and then from there I graduated to another um, psychiatric unit called Tambo. That's where I got to turn my life around and that's where I got to work with um, people like yourself. And um, yeah, Tambo is a good unit. It's a 10-man unit. It's for um, schizophrenia, obviously. And ABIs, and um, yeah, like I said, it's only a 10 bed unit, so it's a very, very hard unit to get to. I got to it, I was just, I was the um, representative of the unit, and yeah, and Tambo was good because they had nurses and that, and they were trained and they understood it, and they were trying to teach us about our mental health and uh, our ABIs and that. No, other prisons don't have that. Yeah, I wish you that the other units were like Tambo, so it was well educated in that. If you got an ABI, they um don't usually do anything, but this time at Tambo, they um helped with the ABI and they explained it, and they had nurses just for the ABIs. Yeah, I, I believe everything I done helped me stay out this long. 
Kevin is passionate about people in custody getting access to medication when they need it. In Victoria, it is difficult for unsentenced prisoners to access mental health treatment. Even when a person is sentenced or found unfit to stand trial or mentally impaired, delays of up to 12 months are not uncommon for admission to a bed in Victoria's Thomas Embling Forensic Hospital. It is also not uncommon for a person who is arrested and taken to a police station to be refused medication while in custody. In episode two, John spoke about the impact of being refused medication on remand. The result can mean a devastating decline into ill health that can ultimately extend the length of a person's time in custody if they become unfit to provide instructions to their solicitor or commit further offences in an unwell state. Try and change so they understand about their medication in the mental health. I don't think it's fair when you go to prison how you've taken off your medication and stuff. It's happened to me a few times. I've gone to um, custody and not been given my medication. So then you fall ill and you end up in the ARU to um, a psych unit in, within the Melbourne Assessment Prison. Well, when you get arrested, you go to the police cells. You can wait there up to 28 days. Then they remove you onto the map where they try and sort your medication out. Yeah. Yeah, it's hell. Oh, I was, when I went to the AAU once, I wasn't on medication and um, I felt very sick. I slept under the bench for three months. I um, thought I was getting poisoned by the water. They don't understand it at the um, prison. The mental health. They don't understand the importance of making taking your medication. And the most important thing, biggest thing for me, is medication in prisons. What needs to change in the prison population is that medication and ABIs need to be more recognised, so people aren't suffering. This is the final episode of Our Voices. Through this podcast series, you have been introduced to John, Michael, Graham, Dorothy and Kevin, some of the members of the Voices for Change self-advocacy group. This series has been created so you can hear from them about some of the changes they would like to see in the criminal justice system. Michael and Dorothy both spoke about the challenges in finding long-term housing and programs to help find support and stability. John and Kevin spoke about the devastating impacts of the refusal of medication to prisoners on remand. Graham spoke about the experience of exclusion, isolation and loneliness as a result of having a disability and a criminal record. The Royal Commission into Violence, Abuse, Neglect and Exploitation of People with Disabilities is investigating the ways that Australia's criminal justice systems impact people with disability. The Voices for Change would like the Royal Commission to consider the need for recognition of disability among criminal justice system workers, the need for real pathways into safe, secure and long-term housing, and meaningful pathways into support that can provide help to people with disability to avoid cycles of isolation, crisis, offending and imprisonment. Thank you for listening to Our Voices, a podcast series by the Voices for Change self-advocacy group 
and the Centre for Innovative Justice at RMIT University. This series has been produced with the support of SIN Media. I'm Michael Harrell-Ambus from the Centre for Innovative Justice. You can learn more about the Centre's work on our website, cij.org.au. This podcast series touches on difficult topics. If you need support right now, you can call Beyond Blue on 1300 224636, the Kids Helpline on 1800 551800, or Lifeline on 13 11 14. In Victoria, if you're experiencing family violence, call Safe Steps on 1800 015 188, or Men's Line on 1300 78 9978. If you've experienced sexual assault, the Sexual Assault Crisis Line is 1800 806 292.